Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome everybody. Football Friday here in the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful day here in the fine city of Chicago, the Two Guys at a Mike Show. Your 24-7 internet sports talk show right there for you. Of course, via the internet, we are uh, emanating out to seven different continents and also uh, we're hoping parts of Mississippi and Louisiana as well. By the way, speaking of Mississippi and Louisiana, pretty good college football game last night, at least good for one team. Wow, the Mississippi State offense going dormant in the second half. That was a brutal performance. We'll make our Beat the Schmoes football picks, take a sneak peek uh, at the weekend coming up, talk a little bit of golf too. What do we got in the city of Chicago? We got golf going on. We got uh, NASCAR. We got all kinds of stuff happening. So it's a beautiful thing. Soldier Field. Soldier Field, no Bears game, but they're hosting the Wisconsin Badgers and the Northern Illinois Huskies. So we got to talk about that as well. 888-463-6748. You want to make your picks. You can always do it via the email, but it's much more impersonal. And when you're talking to the big dog and the coach, getting personal is what it's all about. I mean, really, we are user-friendly, if nothing else. Correct, big dog? How are you, buddy? Uh, Coach, I think that's all I know are users. Well, user-friendly. Come on. Yeah, that's why I was just giving it. Just yeah. playing off words. Actually, I've got like the most unbelievable friends in the world. So yeah, absolutely, all, all yeah, absolutely. So. You know, people are afraid to call up the first time on a radio show, or in this case, uh, you know, an internet sports talk show. No reason to be afraid. And, Relax. And, I mean, you're talking to. It's like you're, you know, you're in the living room talking to a couple of friends. Obviously, we're massive celebrities. We're extremely important. We're trend-setting. <laughs> that should not, by any means. Should that uh, make you afraid to actually dial in the number, which I don't even know what it is, but why don't we put it out there for people? Coach? I'll put it out in a second. Let me just say I've seen our ratings, Big Dog. Believe me, no reason to be nervous coming on. Oh, yeah, please. You might have more of an audience at your Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, I'm laying low right now, but you've been impressive. 3 and 0 to open up the season. You respond with a 2 and 1 last week and a lot of uh, – Listeners, a lot of our followers and the two guys in a mic show, basically, I don't want to put pressure on you here, but, you know, might be investing via the big dogs picks this weekend. Well, they should have been last year when I was rolling, you know, so hopefully this year I can continue the roll. And just wanted to throw it out there. I do not shy away from any big games this weekend, coach. This is the best way for me to tell yes. you the biggest games are the ones I'll be picking, like I do every week. Yes, unlike our caller who did defeat us in the week two of the uh, Beat the Schmoes, we were beaten. You went 2-1, and one, Big Dome, but caller Swamp Rat went 3-0. and oh, But this guy was picking game. I should say, yeah, he was caller Swamp Rat. He called in on Friday. He was picking games, you know, some of the most obscure games. The good part of it now, though, is we now know where the McLean School of Arts now resides, and, and apparently they have a pretty good football team. Well, they could definitely take the points, especially when they're yes. at home. Yeah, the Fighting Easels came up with a big win last week. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't figure out where these schools come from. But whatever it takes, you bet any three games, college, pro, high school, you want to throw in a junior high game, what the hell, we'll put a point spread on that as well. 888-463-6748. Big dog on Fridays during the football season. I don't have to ask how you're doing because I know you're doing great. we got plenty on the plate for you this particular weekend. Uh, there's definitely plenty on the plate. A bunch of great football games going around uh, college and pro. 
and division races getting awfully tight in baseball. Some are actually totally over. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot to go going on this weekend. Don't forget the race, the NASCAR race here yeah. in the city of Chicago. Hopefully first. there won't be rain this weekend and they can get it in. So. It's the, uh, the the first of what the, it's like the playoff series, right? The Nextel Cup, a ten, basically a 10-race series between the top racers? Yes, that's exactly what's going mm-hmm. on, the, the, the sprint. And it's the uh, Geico 400 this Sunday. I don't know if you're a customer of Geico or not, but uh, Geico, longtime advertiser, not on this program, unfortunately. But what is that guy? That not an alligator. The Geico gecko. Gecko. Yes. Yeah. After all their advertising, I still call it a Geico. Geico. No, no, no. Oh, it's a gecko. It's the Geico gecko. It's the Geico gecko. Yeah. A gecko is an actual insect or uh, uh, yeah, it's a lizard. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah, they, they they started that commercial like five years ago because it's like, oh, we thought it was gecko insurance. And then, you know, then they just kept the gag right. Yeah. Apparently, I was not paying attention, Doug. Coach, it, it must it must be so wonderful to be your age and learn so many new things. <laughs> Seriously. You must be just like a child out in the world for the first time. It's, it must be awesome to be you. Take it easy. Take it easy. Speaking <laughs> of age, I had no idea that the their alternate Geico commercials, yep. that guy was doing Rod Serling. I had no idea that's what he was trying to do. Oh, I love that guy. Which, and, which alternate one? The guy who looks Geico. like he looks a little bit like Pierce Brosnan, and he comes on with the real deep, serious yeah. voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. those are hilarious. That's, I know exactly. those, yeah, some of those are really funny. And he's doing Rod Serling. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy the just because of the. I, I enjoy sarcasm as it is, but that's about as deep of uh, sarc. You got to get a shovel to work your way out of that sarcasm. That guy's good. Heck, but I was not aware he was copying uh, Mr. Sherman. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Now. They, then they also have the caveman commercials, which are horrible. I think now, they. I, I think they. They retired those, though. Yeah. I think they retired them. But oh, no, they're still on. Uh, there's. Oh, that's right. You know what it is? Those guys. Those guys are not like doing ESPN commercials. I don't mm-hmm. know how they keep getting work, but just gross <laughs> up hair, just say plain stuff, and people. Some people find it funny. Yeah, whatever the case might be, it's the Geico 400 Sunday at Chicagoland Motor Speedway. NASCAR fans, you want to talk about that? We'll get off the football buzz for a little bit and do that. We got the best of the best in the world of golf, PGA Golf, right here in nearby Lamont. Big dog playing. Uh, apparently, Justin Rose just out of his mind yesterday shooting a 63. He's your leader, but if you want some golf action, you can get that this weekend. Now, is that on a 72-hole course, Coach? Yeah. Wow. That's- yeah, no cuts. Minus nine, that's excellent. No cuts. Uh, top 70 golfers, I think, qualify. Whatever the qualifying is, they do not cut after the first two days. Everybody plays the 17, 72 holes, and uh, a lot of the golfers apparently are not thrilled with the Cog Hill Golf Course. Really? Yeah. That's funny because normally they get it gets raved about. Normally, about how well kept it is. Apparently, not of late. The last tournament they had there, a lot of the the pros. I don't know why, but you know, I'm not an expert on it. But uh, apparently, they criticized. Well, when it was the Western Open, I remember just people talking about how pristine the course was. That's mm-hmm. really that's that's strange to hear that coach. Yeah, I, I basically I've criticized every course I've played at. I'm still waiting for the course, Big Dog, that uh, has no water, no sand, no trees, and no. Uh, high grade. I want a, a course that's like 300 yards wide, all a beautifully cut fairway. Uh, you know, you know they have. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's certain nicknames for holes like the beast. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's just uh, horrible names like the dragon. One of them's called. Like if I was golfing, I'd want one named like the funnel. Okay, so, 
Yeah. 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 Uh, some mattresses and tires on the sides to keep the ball in play. That's what we're talking about. I think, I, you know, they got all these experts designing courses, Big Dog. Maybe that's what you and me should do is uh, meet up with some dilapidated arch- golf architect who's out of work and come up with a, a golf course for the hackers. Well, the problem is it would be a bunch of big screen televisions and and, port- and, and real bathrooms, not porta potties along the way. I'm picturing like giant trampoline type things on the sides. So if you you know you're slicing or hooking real bad, boom, it bounces right back onto the fairway. Maybe even ricochets you know two or three times across the width of the course, and then right smack in the middle. I like that concept. Now where you have to play now, this place truly exists. There's a golf course, a, a canyon golf course, just outside of Tucson, Arizona. Coach. Okay. And basically, it's remnants of what would be the Grand Canyon. Okay, because it, and you basically play on this golf course. That is inside a canyon, and coach, you could literally hit the ball off the wall. It was the greatest <laughs> course I've ever played on. I like that. I have the nastiest slice of any human being on the planet <laughs> because my my left arm is legitimately about an inch and a half longer than my right arm. So I, I see people being like, "You just got to do this with your swing," and I show my arms. They're like, "Oh, okay, never mind. You're going to have a slice for us too." Thank you very much. Really? So, uh, I was yeah, not so, aware of that. Well, I got to show it to you. Your right slice. arm is an inch and a half longer than your. I mean, shorter. An, short. My left arm, my whole yeah. entire left side of my body is massively bigger than my right side. Well, you shocked me a couple of months ago. We've known each other for a long time. You're fascinating sports talk radio, I'm sure. But you told me you have vision in only one eye? Yes. I'm. Well, yeah, I'm, I basically, my right eye is basically non-functioning whatsoever. Okay. I couldn't even read. I can't read anything out of it. It's a total blur. I'm not so sure I was aware of that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of the fact you've got award-winning calf muscles. That much I had, but I was not aware of your right arm shorter than your left arm. When did you discover that, out of curiosity? Um, it was discovered, I would say, September of 2000 when I'm getting uh, fitted up for a suit at Nordstrom when the guy was, uh, he was making my suit for me. He's going to tailor it for me perfect. Uh-huh. And he flat out said, well, your arm, your left arm, longer than right arm. He was, he was an Italian guy. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like... He's like, your, your waist, beautiful, your shoulders, big. <laughs> he's like, I wish I had your body. I was like, what are you saying? And then, he, then he measures my arms, and he's like, whoa, whoa. And then he's like, oh, I don't want it anymore. And then he, my whole right side, Did my you? right leg is shorter. My left foot is massively longer than my right foot. Like, my left foot really? is uh, like a 12, Coach, and, and, a, and a 2E. My wow. right one, believe it or not, is like, Ten and a half. We, we may have to get uh, still photos of this, David Olson, for our website. This could be uh, this could help with our number of hits. Have you informed your ex college football coach that that's why your three point stance was slightly tilted? I got you know, coach. I want to I want to I want to <laughs> let you know that I did the I did the three point stance. Yeah. In both left hand and right hand, depending on what side of the formation I was on, okay. And what play it was, okay. And my my coach from like eighth grade actually drove to one of my college football games to see my last in my senior year, mm-hmm. okay? And he's like, man, I'm so proud of you that you, the first guy ever to notice. My coaches that I played with at McMurray had no idea that I switched pants. Interesting. Okay? So that's like, uh, I'm assuming, unheard of amongst football players. Yeah, yeah, when you get down your three-point three stance, everybody uses the same hand all the time. Yeah, always. And so he's like, I was really proud of you. You switch up your hands, and he's like, put your... He even said, he noticed, he's like, your stances are different. They're not exactly the same. Uh-huh. Even though he's the lefty or righty. Uh-huh. 
So, I, so maybe that's what happened, Coach. He noticed immediately I do both hands, and now he also noticed that I didn't have, like, a mirrored stance. Uh-huh. Like, if a switch hitter normally does, you know, you have a left or righty. Sure. You know, that's uh, sometimes... So, like, Lance Berkman has a totally different stance for each side. Well, Chipper Jones looks exactly the same, even though his stats are totally different. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know, Coach. I had a three-point stance when I had my brief, brief football career, but I changed it up just to keep the coaches off guard. I went two hands down and just one foot on the ground. So it didn't work well, and that's why I became a, a linebacker. They kept pushing me back from, uh, you know, defensive line, strong side linebacker, weak side linebacker, free safety. I kept getting farther and farther away. Then I finally found the correct spot. I was right next to the coach. Yeah, that's, isn't that left out? Yeah, pretty much. Um, also, we should real quick mention before we get too much into the football frenzy, Big Dog, I know you are excited, David Olson, doing uh, handstands over there, the NHL hockey teams are beginning to uh, start their training camps, the beginning. The inkling, the oozling of NHL hockey, NHL hockey is upon us. I know you're excited. Well, girls in Buffalo and and, and, in the north side of Chicago, thank goodness that Patrick Kane has something to do. Yep. Yep. Who could forget the show and thank goodness that we're not on Skype today, are we, David? Okay, David, shaking his head. Thanks, good. Because a couple years ago, I remember... I think it was you, to honor the start of the NHL season, you did a show wearing nothing but a Toronto Maple Leaf. i got to tell you something, Coach. It's not as uncomfortable as you might think. <laughs> yes, it was. For us, it was. <laughs> Maybe. For you, you probably felt the breeze. Believe me, it was uncomfortable. All right, eight 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 four six three. the breeze, that's what the Bears are going to do this weekend. Ooh, a nice transition. Nice transition. Bears taking on the same. We got to talk about last night's college football game also. Real quick though, let's welcome in our first beat the schmo contestant, the schmoes. If you're new to the program, other shows, other, uh, programs, sports talk shows will play beat the pros or some semblance of it here in the more, uh, two guys in a mic show. We play beat the schmoes and big dog. I know for 10 years now, you are proud to call yourself a schmo on this particular show. Hey, coach, and very seldom have I been beaten. Well, at least on the on the program, off the program, very often. <laughs> All right, out to our first contestant today. He's checking in from the beautiful state of Wisconsin, just across the border, folks. It's caller John checking in, Wisconsin. John, how are you? Long time caller, first time listener. Good to be here, Coach. How are you? God bless you. How are you, Wisconsin? Good, good. Hey, go Packers, by the way. Uh, how about that team, huh? Woo, another Super Bowl on the way. Uh, hey, listen. Stick around and listen for my picks because uh, I think you'll be happy with my beat the schmo pick. Well, that, it brings me to my first pick. I got to pick the Packers. You know, they got, uh, they're, they're going to be giving 10 to, uh, the good old, uh, team that they're going to be playing against, against the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. I think Cam Newton <laughs> was pretty lucky last year, last week. But I don't think that he's going to get that lucky against the Packers this week. Yeah, I said before, you know, I don't know how a Super Bowl champion is underrated or not talked about that much. I thought in the preseason, I don't know if overlooked is the correct word, but they didn't get a whole lot of respect. I think the Packers are going to be one of the more dominant teams that we've seen in recent NFL history. But coach, I believe I believe that I believe the defense still has a little work to do with the Green Bay Packers uh, for some reason. At the secondary, still got some questions they got to answer. Um, as they did last year, it seems like in the third quarter they laid back a little bit, um, and in the fourth quarter they turned it on. I think they got to play all four quarters defensively and keep that off. They got so many weapons offensively, mm-hmm. but you got to turn off the defense and really close the door in the second half and not allow them to come back in the third quarters. Big dog, you think that's the strategy against Green Bay? Hey, their offense, guys, let's control the ball. Let's move the ball in their deep. If we keep offense off the field, that might be a way to beat the Packers. Well, 
But here's the thing is, if you, sometimes when people have that mentality that we just have to possess the ball, sometimes you get a little too conservative. Yep. The key is putting points on the board. When you're going against Aaron Rodgers, if your team doesn't score 28 points, you've lost. Okay, because he's going to get that many on you. A, a touchdown a quarter every time. So mm-hmm. you can't fall in that trap. You've got to be aggressive and make sure you're putting tallies up there. Controlling the ball is great, and you want to do that. But without points, it's meaningless. Interesting. Good point. All right, Wisconsin, John, we got you for the Packers. Two more games, my friend, here on Beat the Smokes. I got to stay in Wisconsin. I got to go with Wisconsin against NIU. I'm sorry. I hate to say it to the Husky fans, but I just think the Badgers are too strong this year. No, no, I've been saying it all year long. I said it before the first snap of the season, didn't I, Coach, that Russell Wilson's a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. I want to let you know that's a trap game. 17 points. That's a, Northern Illinois can flat out play defense and tackle. So Wisconsin, this is their toughest game of the year so far by far. And they played Oregon State last week. Well, Oregon State had yeah. a kid with a negative eight-yard punt in the middle of the game. I'm going to agree with you halfway. You've spent too much time canoeing out on the Chicago River on Saturdays, my okay. friend. Northern Illinois, the 17 points is a little rich. NIU is good. Their defense is a question mark. The offense for the Huskies. The offense for the Huskies is the real deal. They can run, they can receive, and Chandler Harness, my friends, as good as any quarterback in the country. That's a bold statement. So we're going to find out that 17 points will be tested, John. All right. So, Big, you're going all Wisconsin. If you if you give us a third pick, like, uh, you know, modern-day high school in Green Bay, I'm going to start to worry about you. Who's pick number three? i got to stay in the Midwest. i got to go with Iowa. You know, uh, they're favored by three-and-a-half against Pittsburgh. Uh, boy, I don't know. I think Iowa's going to be going into this game really angry and really playing hard to prove a point. I, I'm going to have to pick Iowa over Pittsburgh. Well, they better be angry. They just lost to Iowa State. I mean, if you're not angry after that, you've got to cash in as a football player. <laughs> Period. So. I, I have a good, last week it was NIU in Kansas. I have a pretty good instinct to pick out what I think is going to be a surprise, just really, really good game in Wisconsin. John, I will tell you, this is the one that stood out in my head. I know it's not two nationally ranked teams, but I think Pitt at Iowa for competitiveness and for entertainment value, that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. I like to pick. I think the yeah. Hawkeyes will win it. And I like both of those schools playing each other because that's, that's yep. stepping up. Because to be honest with you, let's admit Pittsburgh and Iowa have been renowned for playing a garbage yep. non-conference schedule. Ex-pit. So it's kind of cool that both of them kind of elevated their non-conference schedule together. Ex-Pitt coach Dave Wanstead just emailed in and say, uh, said take Iowa on the points. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. Beautiful. Wisconsin, John, we appreciate the check-in. Everything good north of the border? Anything politically we need to know? I know you guys have been... Uh, unsettled of late everything settling down there or do we still got issues no we still have issues up here coach we have uh you know homestead politicians in your own district calling for boycotts of their own businesses in their districts which tells me they're trying to give up jobs and everything else and trying to ruin jobs when in all fairness i think our president our administration is supposed to be saying let's keep jobs and we have you know democratic politicians here in the wisconsin area that is saying, no, let's boycott business, businesses and lose jobs. Yeah, what? That's ridiculous. What? Yeah, Why would we be boycotting businesses to lose jobs? I don't get it. Well, that's because these jobs are contributing money to other politicians, or in her words, oh. other politicians that are going against the policy she stands for. Okay, well, now I get it. And I'm sort of so, in support of yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it's still a mess up here. And, you know, us as voters, when election comes around, we need to make a statement. Interesting. Big Dog, maybe you should move up there and... 
become like a consulman or something, see if you can get things straight. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. So if I'm going to go anywhere and become a consulman, it's going to be in uh, an area in Hawaii that has like three voters in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk. What do you guys want? You want more pineapple? You got more pineapple. Come on, man. Right. Where, where's your public service? You got to know right. where you, you got to go where you're needed. You are needed up in Wisconsin. You know, where, need- you know where I'm needed, Coach? I'm needed when people are on vacation. They come to me for about three <laughs> hours and have them have a blast. That's what I'm needed for on this planet. Okay. Okay. I tried. So I'm being serious. And by the way, Coach, I just want to let everybody know nobody's busy today. Head up to Lamont, Illinois. The BMW Championship yes. going on up there. And there's some really great golf being played. This is the last playoff until they play for the uh, FedEx Cup Championship uh, at the Coca-Cola PGA Championship. So it's going to be a great, great time up there in Lamont, Illinois, with Cog Hill Country Club. No question about it. Wisconsin, John, if you were listening to the show both yesterday and the opening of the show, you would have known we've been pumping it early and often. Yes, Big Dog. And just to let you know, uh, if P- I lived in Lamont for a while. Okay, guys? I'm sorry to i got to say something there. We're sorry. sorry. <laughs> There's some excellent places to go eat. The finest hamburger, cheeseburger in the world wow. is at a place called Nick's Tavern on Main Street. Wow. So you go from 127th Street, you head west, and then you go down Main Street, go past the main inn, and if you do stop in the main inn, ask for a girl named Tanya and just giggle at her and tell her Joel said hi. And then <laughs> you go to Nick's Tavern and have the finest cheeseburger. I'm not kidding you. It is the finest. It's like 750. It is so delicious, Coach. Every single person who's ever had one has told me it's the greatest burger they've ever had. And it's about this big. It's so you, huge. You've had it, Dan? Well, yeah, I grew up right outside of Lamont. Wow. So. That good, though? Big Dogs? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Wow. And almost almost as good is there's this place called the Lemon Tree down there on State Street. Okay. Best garlic fries I've ever had. Ooh. Oh, i got to try it, then. I'm a big fan of the garlic fry. Not real greasy? Not greasy at all. Okay, ooh. All of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm getting more interested in golf. It's outside the, it's outside the downtown area of Lamont. Beautiful. Wisconsin, John, I might not make the golf course, but uh, I might be at Nick's Tavern or the Garlic Fry Place. How about both, coach? That sounds good to me. Sounds like a deal. Thank you for uh, checking in, Wisconsin, John. And if you, uh, beat the Schmoles, we'll send you some valuable prizes, my friend. Thank you. (laughs) Not sure what those valuable prizes are, big dough, but, Whatever it is, I'm sure you'll autograph it, right? Yeah, I, I, whatever it is, Coach, as long as it isn't a male body part. Well, <laughs> what the heck? Just give me a big bet. Hey, very quickly, let's talk a college football real quick. We'll get into the NFL football. Got to make our beat the schmo picks. Uh, Wisconsin, John calls in. You can, too. 888-463-6748. You can email your picks in at Mike. Two guys, AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Big dog, I got to ask you real quick. Pretty good game last night. It could have been better, Mississippi State and Louisiana. If Mississippi State had any kind of a clue on what they were doing offensively. I don't know if you saw the game, but that was a pitiful second-half offensive performance. Yeah, I, I watched the, the whole second half. That's when I got home, and I got well, to figure out how to be able to get this watch ESPN app on my on my phone. What, now, what, what now, were they now, trying now, to do? I was, I was coming home from uh, work yesterday. No, I'm saying what was Mississippi State? Oh. Even attempted, it was. It was like I, I, honestly, I felt like I was watching a junior high, poor, a poorly coached junior high offense trying to conduct things. Yeah, Dad Mullen's not getting it done yesterday. Head coach Mississippi State. By the way, did you? I told you yesterday that the the quarterback from Mississippi State couldn't throw the ball. I didn't know it was that bad. You're right. Junior high was about the the best way you can you can say yeah. they had zero passing attack. None. You know, I'm all for the running game. But if you have zero passing.
nothing at that. You can't beat LSU. That was just a flat well, out beat down yesterday in the second half. No question about it. And you know, it was good LSU defense. It wasn't that great. I thought you told me Mississippi State had one of the premier runners in the country. Yeah, Nick Ballard. He hardly played. Coach, he was getting destroyed yesterday. And, and LSU has one of the top four defenses in the country, so they are that good. Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, those are the four best defenses in the country this mm-hmm. year. So, uh, And if you go one-dimensional against one of those style defenses, you're not going to do anything yeah. at all. It, it was embarrassing. Just some of the hits in that game really Ooh. were like a college player hitting a high school player. Yep. That kid, now, that, uh, both LSU, ways, by the way. We criticize the Mississippi State offense. Their defense, Played their well. defense is the real deal. I, I wasn't joking about the Packer sweep, was I, Coach? No. And I formation football and just LSU hammering at people. They, but they'll throw it. And as much as I like Jared Reed, and I've been in his corner saying, you know, he's a decent quarterback and he can lead yeah, them. He's, he's, he's okay. He made one of the worst throws I have ever seen a college fifth-year senior make. He dropped back with a 10-point lead and five minutes to go in the game yep. and just threw it to a Mississippi State guy down the field when there was four guys standing there, four Mississippi yeah. State guys. He's a, he's a good quarterback. I would disagree with your last statement. He's not going to lead them to any promised land unless the promised land is like uh, the Motor City Bowl. Coach, you're <laughs> out of your mind. LSU is huh? going to a BCS Bowl game this year, and it might be the one that determines the national championship. If they beat Alabama... They're going undefeated this season. Yeah, why? Well, did you see their schedule? I mean, you know, Big Ten teams, Pac-10 teams got tough schedules. They showed Mississippi State schedule and LSU schedule. Nobody, nobody has harder schedules than these Southeast Conference teams. Oh, no, I mean, it's, no. they're just no. Forget about Alabama. They're going to lose two or three games along the way, big dog. No, they're not, Coach. Come on, no, they're not. LSU is that good this year. They're only going to lose one or two of those games this year. They're going to a BCS game. I would eminently all game. Ooh, eminently disagree. We'll we'll talk November fifteenth, but um, I would. Well, uh, by then, they will have played Alabama and Arkansas, which mm-hmm. could be the. I think those are the only two teams that have a legitimate shot no. at beating them this year. That wouldn't be a huge upset. Couple of losses at least. They'll be, and again, I'm not even saying that as an insult. You look at LSU's schedule; they go nine and two, big dog, with the schedule they got. That's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, it would be. You're talking Auburn. Yeah. And, Mississippi, Mississippi, Mississippi State, a good football team. They've got a very good defense, a great running game. But there's obviously, if you go one-dimensional against them, you're going to lose. But everybody else, they played Oregon in our conference. Mm-hmm. You know, Oregon played in the national title game, and people honestly, basically, here's what they say about mm-hmm. Oregon. They have two games, LSU and, and USC. Nobody else can touch them. This is basically what Oregon season comes down to, and they've already lost to LSU, who – who has eight of those games like Oregon on their schedule. So, Okay. Hey, real quick, got some other college games. Uh, Michigan State, I find this one very curious from a psychological standpoint. Michigan State at Notre Dame, 2.30 tomorrow. Spartans ranked number 15, looking for their first test. Notre Dame, all kinds of issues. They need to win. They've got the motivation, but will they feel the pressure? Uh, do you got any inkling in this particular game, Doug? You know, the, the inkling, I'm definitely with a question leaning towards Michigan State, but there's that, just that thing in the back of your head that's just screaming out, like, doesn't Notre Dame, they played pretty decently and let two games slip away, don't they? Figure it out at home. You know, that that's why I'm 
totally on the fence on this one, and I really can't give you a prediction either yeah. way. But if you had to ask me, I would say Michigan State would would get it done. Yeah. I'm kind of on the, the I'm on the fence with you, which I think makes it such an, a fascinating game to watch. Yeah, I, I, it would be very difficult for me to lay points as a yeah. as a Notre Dame fan. I would yep. not as a favorite. Forget that. Uh, so I would stay away from this game as a better, but as a viewer. But the problem is these Michigan State Notre Dame games are classic. Sometimes, like last year, the fake field goal instead of going for the tie, they go for the win. Uh, Michigan State pulled out a great game, but a lot of these Michigan State Notre Dame games have been blowouts in the history. Okay. Really have been, coach. All right. Well, I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Two thirty tomorrow, and then you got the Illinois Arizona at night. One game we haven't talked about much is uh, two of the top teams in the country. The marquee matchup of. The Saturday, from a national standpoint, that's the Oklahoma Sooners, the consensus number one. They are going at Florida State, and people are saying that Florida State is uh, the real deal, Big Doug. We'll find out, will we not? Well, well, Florida State has this. they got a legitimate defense. They've got us. they got two first-round draft picks playing offensive tackle, but they have a rookie quarterback, E.J. Manuel. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he can deal with what is the most ferocious pass rush in America right now, the Oklahoma Sooners. Mm-hmm. And that game will be part of my beat the smokes, coach. Yeah. Oklahoma is um, powerful. I mean, I, out of their 22 players, you could probably take 17 or 18 of their starters and they'd be like all Big Ten candidates. Is that too much of a quantum leap? Yeah, I know. Well, 22 of their starters are all Big 12 candidates. We know that for a fact. I mean, that, Wait, you're so, saying all? I said all, all Big Ten. Yeah, but, uh, well, they're playing in the Big 12. No, but so you're saying uh, I was comp- saying the Big Twelve might be a little bit stronger than the Big Ten. Maybe that's an incorrect statement. But are you serious? Would you honestly think the Big Twelve right now is better football than the Big Ten? Yeah, you're probably right. I need to get you reminded that in that conference. I, I know you like forty nine to, to forty five, coach, and that's what you're going to get in the Big Twelve. And it's that's when you play Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which ends up being fifty to ten. Every nobody else in that conference plays defense. Texas this year is a joke. By the way, Texas is involved in my in my deep smoke pick. So yeah, I'm the, on the Big Twelve this year. The Mac Brown era. Mac appears to be losing it on the sideline. They better turn things around in a hurry. It appears, the, and he's had a good run. Make no mistake about it, a real good run. But it looks like the train could be derailing a little bit down in Austin. Uh, it, it is, and I don't want to sit here and make a bash of the Big Twelve. But you got Oklahoma, who's a national power, going to win the national title this year. I, I, I believe that. Oklahoma State, which is a powerhouse offense, Missouri a powerhouse offense. You know, you always have those. But, I mean, Texas Tech and Baylor and Iowa State and Kansas, Kansas State. Come on, Coach. Don't mm-hmm. don't say the Big Ten is not better than that. Okay. Yeah, I will retract. I don't retract too much, but I will retract that statement, especially realizing Nebraska no longer a member of the Big 12. Yeah, what's, your, I, uh, what's your prediction in the game, Big Doe? Oklahoma cover? Yeah, uh, Oklahoma is a three-point favorite in this game. Okay. The only thing that worries me is Florida State has a plethora of athletes that can return the ball. So as long as – I'm still going with the game because I, I think Oklahoma will control the rest of the game mm-hmm. enough that Oklahoma will win by, by more okay. than three points. In other words, you go into those coaches' meetings and say, hey, guys, offensively and defensively, we can beat this ball club. Let's not get beat on special teams, and you game plan your special teams based on that analysis, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's absolutely fine. If you have to punt a ball out of bounds, yep. punt the ball out of bounds. Yep. You know, they put in those things. Well, we got a three-point lead on the Bears. We're going to have to kick to Hester. Okay, just make sure you know. <laughs> that's the only, last year, the last couple of years, that's the only way the Bears can score. Now, mm-hmm. it isn't the same way 
play at Florida State, but if this kid EJ Manuel, this 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 possible quarterback, starting for the first time, if if he's a deer in headlights, there's no reason to get let him score on special teams. Mm-hmm. Just like last night with uh, I was like LSU, there was no way Mississippi State's offense was going to go down the field and score on LSU. But the, so you can't have a horrible pick. You just take, uh, I know that might sound boring to everybody else, but as a quarterback. You gotta just throw it away and let's play another day. I mean, that's, that's what you gotta do in those situations. So, uh, Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops, he's big game Bob as long as it isn't a bowl game coach. Oklahoma gets it done. <laughs> little cheap shot there at the end of it. Play a little beat the smoles, talking football. It's a football Friday here on the two guys at a mic show, the big dog, Joel Radwanski and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. You want to join us via the telecommunicative phone lines. We always appreciate the phone calls, 888-463-6748. Make your football picks. You can do it via the email, too, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Let's move to the NFL, big dog, and uh, let's move to our Beat the Schmoes football picks. Are you going college or NFL on your Beat the Schmoes or yeah, a mixture? I, I'm going all college this weekend. Wow. All, all the, the biggest games throughout college wow. football. Wow. All right. Well, then you got to be the leadoff guy today because i got a feeling myself and uh, – the semi-honorable David Olson, our producer, are going to go NFL. So let's transition into Beat the Schmoes. Ladies and gentlemen, is that okay if you lead off today? Are you okay with that? Or? I'm absolutely ready to okay. lead off, Coach. Our leadoff hitter on Beat the Schmoes, 5-1 and one overall on the season in a long time, uh, 52% That's against, against the spread. Long-time Schmo, Joe Redwanski. Uh, Coach, I am going to lay the three points, Oklahoma favorite in Florida State, even though – it's in Tallahassee, and that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking. But Landry Jones, quarterback of uh, uh, of Oklahoma, I think is the best quarterback in college football if you take Andrew Luck out of the equation. Okay, the kick and flat-out play. they got running backs, wide receivers. As long as, like I said, no punt returns for a touchdown, they'll end up winning this game, no problem. That, no. That's just a no problem. That's going to be a rocking atmosphere. When the game starts, I'm going to probably be like, why did I take Oklahoma? You know what uh, Bobby Bowden used to say, if the stadium's rocking. Don't come knocking. <laughs> well, yeah, he better be knocking heads if, if that's happening. Yeah. So, uh, and it's Bobby Bowden Field now at Doak Walker Stadium. Which really? Is yep. They named the field after him? Yeah, so it's Doak, Walk, Doak Campbell Stadium at Bobby Bowden Oh, field. boy. That gets so, confusing. Yeah, it And then is it, is it Chris Wanky Way that leads there? Yes, it, there is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a Deion Sanders uh, oh, parlor. How do you Pretty get nice. to the stadium? Well, you just take Deion Saunders Highway. You turn off at Chris Wanky Way. You move up the Doak Walker. Uh, you see, look for the sign at Doak Walker Field, and you walk into Bobby Bowden Stadium. Wow. But be very careful if you eat at Derek Alexander's Steakhouse. Yeah, that can be problematic. Or Kirk Carruthers. Now, now, uh, <laughs> and now, moving on to another game. Now, I'm going to take. I, I watched uh, BYU in Texas last week. And after watching that, I learned a couple things. Neither one of those teams is ready for a primetime performance this particular week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite going into UCLA, the same UCLA team. Now, last year, Oklahoma destroyed Florida State coach 47-10, so I'm a little worried about revenge game. Well, it's the same thing. UCLA went into Texas last year. I don't know what the final score is, but I do remember watching the game, and it was 34 nothing UCLA. Well, now they're at home. Take it out of Texas team that, uh, for some reason, doesn't like to tackle that well. And I was, last week there was a low-scoring game, but they didn't tackle well. And they can't score whatsoever. They have no running game, no passing game, except for Case McCoy to Jackson uh, Shipley, the new McCoy to Shipley uh, yep. connection. Yep. 
three and a half points on the road. Are you kidding me? I'll take UCLA plus the three and a half, okay. without a doubt. Okay. I the, love that game. The Rick Neuheisel era, this is kind of a must-win season for Ricky Neuheisel, correct? It, oh, it definitely is, Coach. It definitely is. Norm Chow is not there anymore to help him out. So, <laughs> All right. Now we have uh, the last game of the year. This is one of the biggest games of the week that nobody ever realizes until they accidentally turn it on when they're watching college football on Saturday, and then they realize the intensity of this game. But BYU against Utah. Utah's wow. a four-point favorite? Are you kidding me? This is a, this is a huge rivalry game, Coach. Uh, no way should Utah be a four-point underdog at all. They're, I know it's at BYU, uh, but BYU, Utah just got robbed in the, in the USC game. Mm-hmm. They should have beaten USC on the road last week. Uh, they might have been looking ahead to this game, which is their biggest rivalry is what I'm thinking. So Utah, not only will they cover, they'll win at BYU this week. Utah and BYU. You are right. That's not a game on most people's radar. But uh, As soon as you watch it, you're like, look at the intensity of these fans. Great. I mean, it, it's is... God versus state. That's basically <laughs> what they call it, like the God versus state rivalry. Is, <laughs> is that uh, any chance that could be viewed in the Chicago area? Probably not, huh? Without questions, if you have it's, Utah's part of the Pac-12 now, so they've got a unbelievable package deal. They're going to be on some form of a Fox Sports. If not, BYU, you'll be able to watch that game somewhere, Coach. Okay. Uh, versus, we'll have that game possibly because mm-hmm. BYU's still Mountain West. Okay. It'll be on. Okay. Take Utah and the points, says the big dog. So there it is, Utah over BYU, UCLA. A little West Coast bias going on for the dog today over Texas. A little bit of a surprising pick there. And then the game of the weekend nationally, Oklahoma hesitantly giving up the points to Florida State. He's 5-1 and one on the season, folks. Can he keep the streak going? Very quickly, David Olson, you got your uh, football picks. David, also an impressive 2-1 and one across the board, week 1 and 2. That's good, Coach. All right, now game number one. Pittsburgh has favored 14 over Seattle. Oh, no. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Wow. I think they're going to bounce back in a big way. Wow. Shocking. Uh, game number two. Uh, where is it at here? Uh, Tampa Bay is a three-point oh, dog don't do it. against Minnesota. No. I'm taking Tampa Bay no. in there. Against Minnesota. Against Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota overrated. Tampa Bay due for a bounce back. Actually, they're not overrated. They're... They're properly rated as bad. Well, I think they're still they're rated as bad, and I think they're still overrated. I hate to say it. Game number three. Game number three. Carolina. No. Ten and a half point dogs Come over Green, uh, under Green Bay. Don't do it. I'm taking Carolina. No. I think it's a, Green Bay will win the game, but ten and a half points is a lot of points, and I think the Green Bay is going to be looking past. Carolina a little bit because they got the Bears next week. Yeah, that's that's the thing that you have to look out for. If anybody's ever going to lay money on a game, before you do it, find out who the both teams that you're betting on in that game are playing the week after. Because if they're playing a huge rivalry, don't be careful laying your money. Because I know as a player, oh my goodness, we lost to York all the time because Downers Grove South was the game after. So that's. It's so true. The people will look even, ahead. Even at the professional level, professional athletes, and you're telling me, and I know they're still humans, and you know, and they're still they're 22, 23, 24 year old, some of these kids, but they are professional athletes. You think that's still a problem, even at that level? Uh, it definitely isn't the same problem as it would be for a high school kid. You're right about that, coach. These are professional, but it's still a game, and these guys still 
trust me, when the Bears play the Packers, the intensity is just so incredible that they got to know it's on the horizon. They got to know it's out there. All right. We've created a monster, by the way, and our producer extraordinaire, David Olson. But uh, you remember when we started this extravaganza, he had no idea what Beat the Schmoes was. To put it gently, he was a hesitant schmo. Remember the first couple times? Yes. Very and, hesitant. Yes. And now he's coming out, you know, right, smacking away. He's got his picks made confidently, firing up. We have created a monster right now. Uh, you know, hey, you can't argue with him. He's 4-2 and two on the season against the spread. Very impressive. Now, the... the... Steelers lost by a million points in week one. Yeah. Like 28 or 29 points. Yep. It's, and now they're a 14 point favorite. Stuff like that that doesn't make any sense usually is what hits exactly in football. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, like most other people, like, are you serious? The Steelers look horrible. Those are, and now they're a 14 point favorite. They just know something. As, as horrible as the Steelers looked, <laughs> the Seahawks looked worse. Yeah, no, but you know you're right. I like that pick. I like that pick. It's just I'm just talking about how they make these these actual point spreads. It just cracks me up, and they'll be right on. I mean, if that game is going to go in the fourth quarter, and there's going to come down to the possession whether or not the Steelers can keep it within 14 points. Mm-hmm. That's just unless, All right, well, yeah, I will tell you this: one of one of myself or David Olson is not going to look very good on Monday show because I'm not just doing this for effect, Big Doug. I had these three games circled beforehand. Beforehand, so I'm not just doing this to go in the spite of David Olson, but uh, my three picks for the weekend included the Seahawks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I told you at the start of the year, the Pittsburgh Steelers are due for a dud season, and they're going to bottom off. And I believe that is true. I don't think Week One was a mirage, at least not a total mirage. And I think Seattle, my pick for the surprise team of the year, they didn't look too good in Week One. I'm picking a bounce back for my guy Tavares Jackson, P.D. Carroll and company. Fourteen and a half points. 14 and a half. I'll take the 14 and a half and the Seattle Seahawks also. I, I like how none of our point spreads are the same. I like that. Thank you. I will also fly in the face of producer David Olson and uh, agree with caller Wisconsin John. I got the Green Bay Packers giving up 10 to Carolina. I think the Packers win that game by 21 points. And finally, big dog Raiders and the Bills. All week long, I'm trying to figure out which of these two teams is at least a little bit for real. Back and forth, I went little sparring section, flipped some coins, and tossed some darts in the backyard, all kinds of weird things, and I came up with the Buffalo Bills. I think they're, you know, when I say for real, I think they got a shot at going an 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, and a seven, God forbid, 10-6. and six. I will take the Bills and give up the points against the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, that. How many points is that, by the way? Is it three? According to our uh, Funkin' Wagnalls, it is the Bills by three. Okay, that makes sense. That, that is uh, that's one of those games that no one in the NFL is going to be paying attention to. But maybe around week 15 or 16, you're going to look back and mm-hmm. see how key that game was. Buffalo has a chance to be really good this year. And what if they can get an upset against New England? You know, yep. it could happen. You know, New England is not infallible. Even though I'm watching... A football life, this thing about Bill Belichick. And I used to like and respect Bill Belichick. I have mm-hmm. to watch this. I think I'm in love with the guy. He is, I would have done anything to play for this guy, Coach. He is getting more likable. Now that he's won a little bit, the edge is starting. He's still a weird dude, but he's getting more likable. Coach, they were, I just, you got to watch this. this. If any coach in America, every coach, anybody who wants to be a coach needs to watch this, they're showing footage of him from years back and the, the progression he has taken. Well, they're showing him in the Patriots film room, and and he's complaining that you're not com- congratulating your teammates enough. 
Yep. He's like, he's like look, Gary Guyton makes a great play here. He knows he makes a great play. Look at him dance. He's happy. Yep. How come none of you are going over there and congratulating him? Yep. Well, you're not happy he just made a dominant play? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, I love awesome. that concept. You know who else said that was uh, Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern coach. After watching film of the team, he said, hey, the guys on, on, on the sidelines – because apparently they film the sidelines too. Very smart thing to do. You can pick out a lot of things. And and he said midweek, not last week, but after the first week, he said, hey, the, the guys who aren't playing on the side, they can't get more excited than that. They're never going to get their rear ends out on the football field. So he addressed it as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's good coaching. It is. It is the coaching. And that's what it's about. And uh, they, they, he talked about, they showed, then they showed something immediately after. They showed the, the Patriots make a play and all the players come running and congratulating the guy. Yep. And then immediately after, there was two great plays and a touchdown, and then they're celebrating, jumping at each other in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And then they showed the Denver Broncos sideline, and Champ Bailey was like, looked like he just lost his dog. You know, was like, <laughs> oh, you, you know, and, and then he's like, Bill Belichick's like, you intimidate people when you act this way. Yep. And it was, it was so true. I just like everything that he talked about. Just the, when they were showing him preparing Tom Brady for a game plan, I had chills going up and down my spine, like how <laughs> detailed it was, Coach. Mm-hmm. And the, the way they were trying to. Debate Ed Reed and the way they talked about Ed Reed, it, it was phenomenal. Just phenom- anybody who's a football fan, if you don't watch that, you're truly not a football fan. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it, I'm, I'm being totally serious with this because it, it's pure. I don't know. It's just his pure love of the game of football is just uh-huh. and, that, and not and not all the not all the frills, not the media and the quotes and the dressing up fancy. He's just a pure and again kind of a weird personality a little bit, but. If you're just into pure coaching, pure sport, pure football, that's what that guy's all about. Pure execution. You know what yeah. I mean? He he walks the his talk. Everything that he says to do, he does. You know, he never is grabbing for the spotlight. He just basically works every single day, and the spotlight eventually mm-hmm. shines on him. Yep. Apparently in their early married years, uh, Mrs. Belichick complained a little bit because he tried to game plan like everything and – you know, some things, as you well know, Big Dog, are better spontaneous. But uh, I think he got over that a little bit after the first couple of years. Now, he he actually was an assistant to Bill Parcells for 12 years. Yeah. Well, he also was the head coach of the Browns and got fired. Yeah. yeah for it, failing it, it, in his first job. So all of you out there listening to the show, you maybe not doing so good in your first venture. You got the dream job, not doing so good. Somebody doesn't believe in you. Hey, Bill Belichick's a perfect example. A little bit of failure can't hurt you. And here he is, the uh, one of the most successful coaches of all time. And, and you're really not going back on, on what you're saying from yesterday, Coach, because giving a guy a, a, another shot when he had one failure yep. is one thing. But like when you're Rick Adelman and you're under ninth job as an NBA coach, that's something totally different. And I don't, in fairness to Rick Edelman, I, I didn't mean he failed. I mean, he's been semi, he hasn't won a championship, but he's been a decent coach. My point was, isn't it time for like somebody else? I didn't I mean. Know, I know what you meant. I know, yeah. 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 yeah that's, yeah, there's that, there's that fine line. A guy that's just a retread yeah. or a guy that, hey, he might have learned from his first job disappointment. That's yeah. why Rod Marinelli, one day, if you give him some talent, especially along the defensive line, Rod Marinelli could be a good, uh, head coach again. I don't care what eh, anybody says. Uh, maybe. I don't think so. Maybe. He, he might be one of those guys that is excellent assistant coach and just head coach is not the best spot for him. You might be okay. right. He okay, probably no, I, I don't want him to leave the Bears, so no. let's keep that stigma on him. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
He's right. good as a defensive line coach, and that's it. Nothing more. All right. The Schmoes have spoken. We've made our picks. You want to check in? Now, even if you don't want to make football picks, you got some thoughts on the weekend coming up. Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Big Dog and a Coach at your service right up until... 11 o'clock. By the way, I got to throw a shout out. I had to mark this down from the paper today, big dog. A guy that you, you and me need to meet this guy, Ted Vellet. Ted Vellet. He apparently is, uh, in court for an assault and battery charge, I think. Maybe an assault and robbery charge, something like that. Uh huh. But this guy fired his attorney in court. He fires his attorney. He relinqu- relinquishes the defense attorneys. He then says he's going to defend himself. And he then says that I am mentally unstable and unfit to appear in court. Un- unfit for trial. <laughs> so fires his lawyer and then goes before the judge and says, I'm, un- I'm mentally unstable and unfit for trial. you got to love that guy. <laughs> it's a great concept when you think about it. Uh, what, what happened? What did the judge say? Oh, well, we don't have a result yet. This just happened. I'll make sure I report back to you on Monday. Okay. Yeah, if I can, you and me and him are going to go to Nick's Tavern in Lamont and have a nice cheeseburger. I like this dude already. That sounds good, Coach. It's an that interesting angle. Good. It's an interesting angle. All right, uh, 888-463-6748. Dial it up. Big dog, uh, Bears and Saints, let's talk your favorite team, the Chicago Bears, trying to defend Drew Brees. Let's break it down first. Bear defense against a very good New Orleans Saints offense. How do you think it plays out? Uh well, you know, the, the Drew Brees is 0-4 against the, against the Bears, including the playoffs. Interesting. Was not so, aware of that. Now, the key to this is making sure the Saints can't run the ball whatsoever. Okay, so, so I know that you said, we're going to hand the game to Drew Brees. Yeah, I want Drew Brees to pass out of necessity, not pass out of a dominant position. You know, now, when, Drew, when Drew Brees can do what he wants, yep. he will kill you. If Drew Brees is forced to throw the ball, there's a have an advantage. I, I agree with I agree with that. But would you also agree with me that the and it's early, but if I were an offensive coordinator right now, the way to beat the Bears is not try to throw against them, not try to run around them, run through them, straight ahead rushing game, and they've got the guys to do it. Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, and Darren Sproles, three different kinds of backs. But I'm a little worried the Saints are going to go five, six, seven, eight yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, you, you, Coach, you're 100% right. That's I, I completely agree with you. And the only success the, the Falcons had last week was directly up the middle between the A-gap, yep. legitimately running between the guards. Mm-hmm. It happened a, a few times in a pop-up, 58-yard run, 17-yard run, and uh, some more success on first down that I, I'm really worried that the Saints are going to try to take advantage of. And if Drew Brees is in second and four, the Bears are yes. in trouble, in trouble. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. He's got to be in second and nine, second and 11 in order for that. And if that happens, I'll take the fact that Drew Brees will throw for 300 yards. It's, I mean, it's going to happen. He's going to throw for a lot of yardage. The key is when Drew Brees throws these passes, the wide receivers are hit as they're catching the football. And hopefully a ball will come out every once in a while because of Charles Sullivan topping it out or something. So that's, that's going to have now, to, they're going to have to score some points too. Yeah, uh, so, let me ask you this now. There's an email coming in from uh, Low and Away. Low and Away wants to know, this is a good question, Olin Krutz is now centering the New Orleans offense. How much, you've been there in the trenches, how much does the other team's center, knowing the Bear defensive scheme, or is that is that going to be a big help or, or overrated? It, it, it could be absolutely a huge help. Really? Especially 
you know, if, if he learns a couple, if it says a couple things that actually uh, can uh, just tactical stuff like, hey, you know, this guy doesn't like it in his legs. This guy does, you know, this guy without question will not hustle on screenplays. A lot of times they can see that already in film. Now, it could be used against you, too, because could, he could say something similar like, hey, if Earl Acker makes like a pop-pop call, that means the, the strong side backer is just doesn't care about so, the pain and he's crashing. Well, all of a sudden, Earl Acker calls a pop-pop pop call. Ah. They find protection to the strong side, but guess what? The Bears knew this. So and the Bears, okay, the interesting. Side is coming. So we might so, have a little, it'll be hard for the viewers, even for the, the, the announcers, to really know what's going on, but there could be a little... Uh, little decoying, a little tat-for-tat tat going on down there in the field, huh? A little bit of some chicanery going on. Yeah, I, I love chicanery. When I, played, when I played linebacker, I would make dummy calls constantly. Interesting. When I played tight end, I would make dummy calls all over the time. When there was a play-action pass, Coach, I would, like, talk to my tackle, and I would, like, scream at him, you better get his ass, you know, and just scream at him. Next thing I know, I'm, yeah. I'm running right past the linebacker, and he's like, I thought you were coming to hit me, and I'm five yards past I... him before he even realizes what happened. I so, coached junior high football for six years, ran the offense for all six years. A lot of the parents on the team thought I was I was making dummy calls all the time. Yeah, I do them Thank all the time. Thank you very much. By the way, uh, low and away from Lamont also wants to know about the waitress you said to say hello to. Uh, her name is Tanya. Okay. She's in the main inn, and Uh-oh. she'll be behind the bar. She'll be the bartender. Any advice for low and away? Uh, bring some very good kimchi. She's she's Korean. She's a very nice girl, Doug. <laughs> okay, very good. Very good. Uh, all right, what about other side of the ball? Now, bear offense going up against the New Orleans Saint defense. By the way, correct me if I'm wrong, their best pass rusher, Will Smith, out yeah. for the game? Yeah, he, he's finally serving a suspension ah. that he should have served like nine years ago. Remember with the whole Williams wall? Oh, Remember man. that? you got to be kidding me. That's, that, that's coming up now? Yeah, for Will, Will Smith and, and the Williams wall and a bunch of other guys were involved in it. Somehow Will Smith was, he's been proven that he messed up, even though he took a diuretic. Somehow the Williams wall has not served that suspension yet, but Will Smith is. It was all around the same time. There was about ten players, remember? And yeah, all, that's that's. Well, he's one of them, and uh, for some reason he's serving it now. And last week I was like, "Are you kidding me? Will Smith has to serve it against the Packers? Ridiculous!" Because the Bears are supposed to play the Williams Wall and had to play against those guys. And I'm like, "They're getting screwed again in this whole deal." And now I find out that because I I'm one game at a time, coach. And then I realize now the Saints are playing the Bears, so I'm happy with it. Heck yeah, Will Smith should serve that suspension right now. All right, about so, time. So after all that diatribe, the answer is yes, right? He's not playing. No, Beautiful. Give me uh, 15, 20 seconds on how you uh, see it playing out. Bear offense versus a, a good, if not great, Saint defense. Uh, I, I see the Bears being able to definitely move the ball. So what happens is around the goal line, they have to make seven and not three. I know that might yep. sound so simple football, but when you're playing the Saints and your defense is going to be tested, you know the, you're not playing you're not playing the Lions or the Vikings, and you can get away with kicking field goals all day long. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're playing the Saints. The touchdowns are a must. Too bad Marion Barber won't be there yes. inside the five to slam yeah. it in for the Bears. Yeah, yeah. We will welcome him back. All right, great stuff, Big Dog. Great stuff, as always, uh, for all of our female fans out there. And Bob from Barrington and Low and Away uh, from Lamont, who might be interested as well. Where might you be this weekend? What activities you got planned? I will be on the Chicago River. And remember, people, I said on and not in. That's heat. <laughs> Okay, and come on down, people, waterriders.com. For my friends that have come out this summer, all of them have had an absolute blast, and I mm-hmm. do appreciate everybody that came out. So. How about for post-game revelry? If they want to rub elbows, maybe some other body parts of the big dog, where might you be? There's, there's
there's no joke where I'm going to be on Saturday night. It's a place called Michael's, who has some of the greatest. I, I am, I am distraught as a Chicagoan that I did not know of this place until my girlfriend moved in on uh, on Broadway Street. Uh-huh. It's, it's at like 4100 North Broadway, Bell Plain, and and Broadway. Coach, it has some of the finest seats in Chicago, and they have over 100 televisions. Well, the it's, finest what in Chicago? Skeets. Skeets. Italian sausage. The the Primo Burger. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It is phenomenal. Make right. me cry. My girlfriend, who's really picky, likes that burger over the Cheesecake right. Factory. I don't know about our football picks, folks. I love the Cheesecake Factory, too. But we've come up with three good restaurants for you to check out. We'll review those on Monday. Big dog, behave yourself. Have a great weekend. And don't let me read about you in the crime report, please. Don't read the crime report. <laughs> It's one way to solve the problem. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're back at you Monday. We'll recap all of the football and all of the sports from the weekend. Be safe out there. Thank you so much for listening for the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Producer David Olson, great job as always. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening.